What is going on? Where they go to eleven? I'm Matt. I'm I'm giving my first concert review. Pokey, you did go to your first concert. No, in a long time. In a long time. No, hang on. <laughs> I went to a concert with you that we just reviewed recently, but now Pokey can actually give a review of something on your own. Exactly. Well, by the way, we are they go to eleven. Yes. So, Pokey has been exuberantly telling me that he is going to a country concert and he looks like the Pokey I remember back in the early 2000s about going to rock concerts. Yeah. I'll never so, understand you. Dude, fucking, I love country music. Ugh. So, anyway, I won tickets to go see Eric Church at the Prudential Center. Fucking awesome. Let me start with the tickets themselves. So you win free tickets. Usually free tickets are like the shitty seats. Like the seats are like either nosebleeds or, you know, if you go to venues like the PNC Art Center, they're the lawn seats. Sometimes. No. These seats were like, if you've ever been to the Prudential Center for a hockey game, it's like right in that, uh, that fire and ice lounge where you get all the free food and shit. Fucking section seven. Okay, so let's put it this way. In so I was fucking close. Since we are, you know, probably coast to coast by now, why don't you tell people in terms of generalities, like, were you between the blue line and the center line? Were you more toward the goal? It, it was in that center area. It, it was between the blue lines. Okay, so you were fairly center ice, yeah. facing left or right. Yeah. Which way were you facing? I don't fucking know. When it, you had to turn to the stage, were you turning to I was to your, turning to the right. Thank you. Okay. Yes. So you've set the stage. What row were you in? Row nine. Okay. So you were fairly close to where the ice would have been. Yeah. Halfway between the center line and the blue line. Yes. Okay. Go on. Fucking awesome seat. So I'll start there. And then the show itself. So Eric Church put on a fucking amazing show. Um, I guess, well, you always start with the opening band. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even catch the name of the opening band because whoever did the sound for the opening band did such a shitty job. They were all about that bass, about that bass, about that bass. No trouble. No, like, you know, all you're not going to be able to do these concert reviews if I have to keep correcting you. <laughs> no. <laughs> in, in all honesty, though, this guy cranked the fucking bass up, drowned out the vocals, and raised up the guitar okay it sounded god awful like I'm sure if the music like if the levels were actually done right the band might have actually sounded pretty good you know what you could hear from the guitar and everything really good but I couldn't understand a fucking word they were saying because the way that this sound tech balanced it out okay but then that brings us on to but the- were they were they good despite the the flaws yeah, despite the flaws in sound, they would have been great. I would have actually been able to understand them. I, yeah, they would have been good. Apparently, but, they don't roll with good audio. Exactly. Roll, oh, oh, roll, oh, oh. Wow. Really? Yeah, really. Anyway, so that brings me on to the headliner, Eric Church. So that's cool. It's only one opening act. Um, So... To give you a general idea of the time frame, he actually took the stage at 9 o'clock. Okay. Fairly so, early. Yeah. Um, But fucking awesome. It wasn't a center stage. It was your traditional, like, stages towards the back. Yep. That's why I asked you if you were facing to the but left or to the right. here's the exception. There was no back to the stage. It's been done before. Yeah. It was, was kind of cool. And I'm sitting there watching the, you know, you always watch the text set up and everything like that. And it's obvious there's no amps if they're doing it that way. They're just playing straight through the PA. Either that or the amps are underneath the stage. They're most likely in they're most likely in racks plugged directly into the PA. Yeah. Or yes, they have the speakers in a the, giant cabinet closed, locked, yeah. don't touch. ISO cabs, yeah. yeah. Um So I'm like, where the fuck are the drums? What the fuck are they doing with the drums? They fucking lowered the drums from the fucking the the screen on top of the stage it was the coolest shit ever well i guess you need some sort of a gimmick in country you know it's it's like i'm when gonna you, be the country tommy lee 
No. This shit was fucking cool as hell. Bring me all of my sisters. No. You know, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, I'm gonna find some ways to like knock on the fucking reviews you do. Go on. But like, you know, when you go to a hockey game or you go to a basketball game, you get like the fucking the center TV set. Yeah, the center scoreboard above. Yeah. The center ice or. Yeah, yeah, they had the same thing with the with the fucking show here. He had his own above the fucking stage, and that's where the drum kit came out of. The other cool thing was like the whole lighting itself. I've never seen the lights that actually like come down and adjust and it was fucking weird. I actually have pictures of it up on my personal Facebook. Come down and adjust. Like, do you ever see those, uh, those punching arms? Like you squeeze the handle and the fucking boxing glove. Yeah. Literally the light was like that. It was, it was the cool shit. Look it up on my Facebook page. I have a post on there. I'll look it up later. Yeah. But the sound was incredible. Um, in terms of song selection, fucking great. I mean, it's the Outsiders World Tour. He obviously kicked it off with the Outsiders as a song. But fucking awesome show. Had a great time. Uh, the only bad thing about it, don't get barbecue from the Prudential Center. It's Newark. Why would you? Well, here's the thing. You go to these fucking arenas where they charge you a fucking arm and a leg for food. Like, I got a fucking barbecue pork sandwich. And I'm thinking this thing is going to be fucking great. $14 for a fucking sandwich is going to be great. Yeah, no shit. And Dorothy got a uh, got a turkey club. First off, the turkey club was a wrap. Okay. Turkey it, club wrap? No, it didn't even say wrap. just said smoked turkey club. Came as a wrap. Okay. My barbecue pork sandwich. No, just... Pulled pork, shredded pulled pork with cowboy sauce. Cowboy sauce? That's what they called it at the fucking, at the Prudential Center. And I'm sure they call it like the devil's sauce when the devils are playing. (laughs) Who knows? Let me tell you something, dude. (laughs) I could not taste the fucking pork over the acidity and fucking vinegar flavor of this fucking sauce. Like I said, it was probably, it's probably devil's sauce when the devils are playing. (laughs) Yeah, but like I couldn't taste the fucking pork, dude. My stomach, no. Never again. Never, 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 never again. Show was great. Food sucked. Food cost me an arm and a leg. And, uh, yeah. Tickets were free. That, that's the plus. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. So, that's about it. What do you give the Would concert I, overall? I give Eric Church, on the on the pokey scale, one being bad, ten being great. I'd give him a nine. Nine and a half. A nine and a half. Nine and a half. Dude, fucking awesome. Awesome so show. You, you wouldn't put a 10 as like like the show to end all shows that you'll be telling your kids about 30 years from now. I, I have the sh- I've seen the shows to end all shows. I mean, I wouldn't say this is the show to end all shows. Okay. But it was a great fucking show. This is one of those shows where I'll sit there and say, yeah, I was fucking proud to go see him. And you know what? I would go see him again. Okay. I want to go see him again. Fair enough. I mean, and hey, that, you want a, You want a good story? I could tell my kids. I got to see Pantera three times. If anybody knows who they are by that time, oh, my kids will know. But that is Pokey's concert review. Yeah, in terms of the opening act, due to sound, I give him a three. Okay, fair if enough. Because that's what a concert is. It's ninety-five percent sound. <laughs> yeah, and if it wasn't for the sound, maybe they would have gotten like a six or a seven. Man, you are very generous. No, trust me. Like I said, if it wasn't for the sound, they would have. I would have been actually enjoying it. I would have been digging it. But at the same time, I'm sitting there looking at Dorothy like, what did he just say? We were both exhausted. We're like, okay, you know what? Why don't we wake each other up when this is over? We were, we were exhausted that day. That's how bad yeah. some opening acts are. Yeah, the band was great. Sound sucked. So I, I can't sit there and knock on the band. Okay. So- anyway. Let's get on to this week's topic. Yes, this was actually suggested by Sean. It was suggested by Sean. And, and this a lot is... Of, you know, a lot of people, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, a lot of people have been asking us, you've wanted to do this. Oh, yeah. I am super, super hesitant to do this just because I don't watch music videos to the extent that you do. But oh, this I am, week... I am what you call a, a music video aficionado. Is aficionado a good word? Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't watch music videos uh, since they were on TV, which was 
a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, that's why you, when you look at this list, you'll notice that a lot of the videos relate to the 90s. And one thing you'll notice in videos is that since the 90s, you had budgets that exceeded $4 million for a music video. But we'll save that. Yeah. Okay. But then you go into today where you're spending like 50 grand. Well, I highly doubt that my first video on this list is going to be anywhere near that budget, but we'll get to that in a minute. So since you are the aficionado oh, yeah. of all things musical and, video and related. And you know what? I'll, I'll even, I'm not going to give an exact year. I'll go decades. All right. We're in the nineties or the two thousands. Okay. I didn't go anything, anything lower than the, I didn't go eighties. What is your number 11? My number 11 from the 2000s was the video Before I Forget by Slipknot. Uh, it was directed by Tony Petrosian. I hope I'm spelling his, you know, saying his name right. Uh-huh. Anyway, P-E-T-R-O-S-S-I-A-N. And he will appear on my list again. Um, but to me, it was like an interesting concept. Uh, for those of you who actually have seen Slipknot, no Slipknot, whatever, you know that they're out there in their masks, in their jumpsuits. Nothing changes. The masks may change a little bit per you know as time moves on, but they're always in those masks. Um, and even even the guitarist, I think it was Mick, went on and said, "Yeah, we wouldn't play without our masks unless we were getting paid ten million for a show." So that's how much the mask means. But what Before I Forget did is that it captured the band without the masks and without the jumpsuits. However, due to creative editing and out-of-focus shots, you never really capture the full band member. You may see... Yeah, you'll see Corey Taylor toward the end. You'll you'll see Corey's eyes, or you'll see you know, you know his knuckles, or you'll see you know Mick with the with the number set you know with seven tattooed across his forearm. Mm-hmm. You know you'll see the two, you know you'll see the two guys in the background who always do the percussion. And their names are drawing a blank. Um, but you see the two of them just fucking headbanging away, but they're so out of focus you don't see their faces. Mm-hmm. And if you know Slipknot, you know who they are. You don't need to see the masks you know it's 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 really i love the concept i love the concept it's a really good concept i like it but Corey taylor kind of broke the illusion with stone sour yeah and so did jim root jim yeah jim root did too and then mick has been you know out there without his mask on not on stage but like in interviews and around and all that Paul so, Gray was the same way before he passed. So the illusion is kind of broken. I mean, if you look at bands like, uh, who the fuck are they? Like, I think it's Ghost AD is one of them now. Like, whenever the guy does an interview, he does it in, like, full mask and attire, so nobody yeah, knows who the hell he is. But you know what, though? In all fairness, when Corey does an interview with Slipknot, he does it in the masks and the attire. Right, but he once again, he already broke the illusion of the mask thing. Well, I will say one thing. After seeing after seeing Corey Taylor when he first came to Stone Sour and seeing pictures of Joey, you know, seeing Joey Jorgensen recording and shit like that, mm-hmm. honestly, if it wasn't for the masks, I don't think anybody would take him seriously. I think the music would still speak for itself, but that's just I don't just think me. so. You, you don't have this band... It just, I, I don't know. People wouldn't, I don't think they would actually be taken seriously as a heavy metal band. You really think that? I'd put money on it. I don't think so. I'd put fucking money on it. Because people would sit there and say, okay, yeah, they, they they don't belong doing this. They're they're too, I don't know. I don't know well, the word I'm looking for. Look at look at like the beginning of Thrash. I mean, look at Metallica. I mean, they're like fucking pipsqueaks. But it's not it's not the pipsqueak thing. Yeah, like, do you really? It's think- it's more it's more of the you're playing heavy metal. Don't you belong in a boy band? That that's what it's more like. I don't think so. That's no. Yeah. I 
no. Once again, I, I'll draw the comparison to Metallica here because James Hetfield looked like he was about 15 when they put out <laughs> he Kill He did. That was fucking funny. Lars shit. looked like he just entered middle school. <laughs> like, See, but it's not, it has nothing to do with age, like I said. Yeah, but they, they didn't look the part. That's what I'm trying to get at. They didn't look like, okay, I'm going to come out here and I'm going to start a revolution for all things heavy metal. They looked like kids who just came out of their fucking garage and knew how to play. And I think Slipknot would have translated the exact same way, just with a couple more dudes. Well, I don't know. Let's hear about your number 11. All right. So, I need you to tell me, what does ACDC, KISS, the Osbournes, the Spice Girls, NSYNC, and... Did I say Korn already? No. And Korn, what do they all have in common? They're all from the 90s. Well, no, KISS wasn't. Actually, if you go with the reunion, uh, they all have action figures. Well, they do. And they're all in the same music video. Really? Yeah. And throw George W. Bush in there for good measure, too. W. Number 11, and this is a little off kilter, Sum 41 and the Hell Song. So W, this is this is easily the 2000s. Yeah, it's probably 2003, 2004, All right. somewhere around there. Um, but the big the big thing about this video is you were talking about $4 million, 50 grand budgets. This is probably done for like the cost of action figures. The whole video is the guys in some 41 pushing around action figures, simulating a show on a party. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant idea. You take... You take all these bands that get super, super serious and they put together these artistical masterpiece videos and oh, we'll get to that. We'll get my... to that later. Yeah. But you put together these masterpieces and on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, some 41 and around the time they were still relevant and they were still putting out good music and they do this completely kiddish video with all of these big stars who have action figures like Alice Cooper's in there um, as well. Have, do I have an Alice Cooper action figure? I don't know. I have the Metallica action figures. I have... You have I Slash. Have, yeah, I do have Slash. You have two, two Metallica ones. No, I have I have all four Metallicas. Okay. So but, I have the Metallicas. I have Kiss. I have Slash. I have Jimmy... I have... um. Oh, fuck. Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix. I have... um. Shit. Fucking drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Stephen Perry from from Aerosmith. Joe Perry. Joe Perry. Thank you. I'm thinking Stephen <laughs> Todd. I'm sorry. They put right. on such a horrible show. Anyway, Elvis. Yeah. Well, be that you know, you you just named a whole bunch of action figures. I even have and, they're, and they're all in and they're all in this video for the it's most part. Epic. But the only people who don't have action figures in this entire video are the guys in Sum 41. They took action figures, took pictures of themselves, taped them around the heads of other action figures, and depending on what's going on, they put on different heads and things like that, but they're rocking out, and they got a light bright for a freaking background. That's awesome. So if you haven't seen the video for the Hell Song ever, go check it out. It's it's very cleverly done, and it's fun. It's not trying to be too serious, because... Around the time of the early 2000s, it was that, you know, pop punk movement. And that's what this is. This is the epitome of pop punk. Hmm. Just having a good old time and kind of in a way still saying fuck the establishment. Eh. But I'm not going to go as deep as you did because there's no need to go that deep on this video. So number 10. Number 10. Another one from the 2000s. And the only other video on my list that is directed by Tony Petrosian is Empty Walls by Serge Tankian. Now, for those of you who don't know, that's the lead singer of System of a Down. And for those of you who don't know System of a Down, they're very politically motivated. They're probably the only one of two one of three political bands that I can actually tolerate. Probably let me let me see if I guess here. Them, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. and Rise Against. Yep. There, you see that? But, you know, something that I found interesting in doing all my research, I had no idea. Serge was actually born in Lebanon. So he kind of has this connection to the Middle East. Um, he's Armenian. 
him and the rest of the guys in System of a Down are, are trying to get people to actively acknowledge the Armenian genocides. Yeah. Well, they, you know what? When I was when I was reading up on it, they said Lebanese born. Okay. Well, I mean, he could have been Lebanese, but he's yeah. definitely Armenian. Go so, on. But pretty much what's, you know, he's in the middle of a friggin' children's playroom in a top hat, playing the piano, singing the song. And the the children who are playing in the playroom are pretty much depicting everything that happened from 9-11 until after the falling of Saddam. But they're doing it in a way that you sit there and you're like, you, you know what it is. You know, anyone who's from this time era knows the events that happened. But to see these kids actually depicting it, whether it be like the the wind up airplane flying into the building blocks, mm-hmm. to the kids driving in one of like the friggin' those toy cars, like those giant toy cars that kids could fit into, mm-hmm. with like fucking bike helmets on and bumping into a giant ball pit and fucking confetti exploding from it to simulate a suicide bomber. To even the giant teddy bear being pulled down like Saddam's statue. Like if you if you if you know the events of 9-11, you know the events of the hunt for Saddam, you know the events of the falling of Saddam, and you know the events that happened afterwards, whether it be the suicide bombings or the killing of the innocent people who had nothing to do with this terrorist movement but were just randomly taken out of their houses and killed you could sit there and say wow this was a fucking brilliant idea to fit not only with Serge and his whole political movement Mm -hmm. but to really depict this and I keep trying to phrase it the right way and I keep trying to say it the right way in, in terms of my interpretation of why he used kids yeah, I think the kids kids depict like a level. You know, people look at kids and, and say, you know, kids are innocent. Right. It's it's and, a level of innocence because they don't know what they're doing. And I think that's the whole thing here is that this that this is actually out there to be, you know, the loss of innocence. You know, there's this shows that that innocent people turn around and and make terrible things. Yeah. I, I, I think agree. that's the I was you know I've been trying to sum it up in a in a different way but it's it's a really good video I really advise people to go watch it I loved it for the creativity factor mm-hmm. um it really does go well with the song so that's really all I could say on that one that's fair enough for a song that most people haven't heard of no and and, and that's the sad part because it actually. You, you, it actually is something that would fit in the in the system of a down catalog. It could have, yeah, if certain events didn't happen after the last two albums. But that's a whole other story. Yep. Okay. So you're number ten. I'm pulling an audible. Oh. Yeah, I thought I wanted to do one video, but I decided I'm going to do a completely other one. Same artist. Same artist. Is this the video? I think it is. Possibly. So number ten is. Get ready, because I'm going to shock you. Yeah. It's Eminem. Yeah, I knew I knew you were toying around them. I just didn't know what, what video you were choosing. If it's the one I think, I'm, I'm going to sit there and say I'm glad that you uh, you picked it. Okay. So number 10 is Eminem, and it's actually, it was going to be the real Slim Shady, because I, I think the f- song is funny as hell, but it's actually Stan. So, Which I'm glad you chose instead of the real Slim Shady. Well... Not only did I choose the that video, but I chose also the extended one because artists back in the, the time that music videos were extremely popular put out two cuts, one that they could show on MTV and the real one that they want the fans to see. Yep. So And then they would sell a VHS tape. Yeah, a VHS tape or include it in a CD and yep. DVD combo that you one, had to one put of my inside videos, of a computer to view it. One, one of those... Uh, one of my videos on the other half of this list, actually, actually, two of the videos on the other half of this list actually had those VHS tapes. So, uh, yeah. Well, I will. I'll point. Let Let me just say this: 
my number three and my number two, I actually had those VHS tapes. All right. Well, I think that not only does the video kind of speak volumes, but the song does too. If you watch, and it's funny because I did this, watch the video on silent. Does it speak to you? You can kind of piece together this, what's going on in this video without actually hearing the song. It's very dark, very gritty. You know something's going on. You know that there's just something bad that's going to happen the whole way through this video. But then you listen to the song, and Eminem, you probably would have never heard the song from Dido, thank you, before hearing this song. And by the way, she is such an underrated artist. Uh, You know what? I'm not crazy about her. I mean, I like the other song on it, on... uh, on its own, mm-hmm. but it works actually really well, and you wouldn't have this song without Dido's song. Yeah, but it wouldn't work. Right, but going back to Eminem, it's a song that's constructed, especially for a hip-hop song, it's constructed in a very different way than anything else that ever came out. I think pretty much ever in hip-hop, nobody really does open dialogues. Nobody really does open dialogues in songs, period. But then to put it out in such a way that he did in this one, because he also did it on, and you could tell what kind of music I listened to back around the early 2000s, um, Eminem did the same thing with the song Guilty Conscience with Dr. Which Dre. Which I love, and I love that video. But I like this one better. Just you could, you could visually see, and everything that's going on is a direct correlation to the song. It's not one of the songs where I'm going to make a video, and the video is going to have nothing to do with the song. If he went that route, it wouldn't have had an impact like this Not one Not at all. Does. I really... Uh, just the dark and gritty like, cinematography that they do with this, it works so well with the song. Even, like... I think the Dido song, he used as a bass line for this. And it's kind of like an innocent song mm-hmm. that he kind of flips on its head and makes it all dark and gritty and and psychotic in a way and the video just fits it perfectly like everything that this guy has is him like being completely obsessed with Eminem whether it's pictures of him and his girl that he put Eminem in or a picture of Eminem hanging from the rear view mirror and then and then uh, putting like peroxide on his head and dyeing his hair bl- uh, bleach blonde you know it's it's just the little details in the video make it. So, if you haven't seen it in a long time, go watch the longer version. It explains more of the backstory than just what they cut for MTV back in the day. Yeah, no, it it was a really good video, and I'm actually glad you didn't put the real Slim Shady. It's not that the real Slim Shady was a bad video. It was funny. <laughs> I like fun. Normally, I like funny. I don't like overly serious. This is definitely but this an over- overly it. serious yeah. song. So, all right, so, on to number nine. My number nine won the 1996 MTV VMA for Best Alternative Video. That was that one. Makes me feel old. Makes me feel old, too. Anyone who was born in the year, though, would also feel old. Because it's 1979. Best Smashing Pumpkins. Really? Oh, yeah. Hey, imagine if you were born in 79, you'd feel old, too, right now. Uh-huh. Uh, it's directed by the team of Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, who will again appear on my list. Um, although Spike Jones, who we'll also see later on the list, was approached about... It's a Spike Lee joint. Oh, no, wait, that's somebody else. <laughs> Honestly, a Spike Lee joint would have been better than Jones's concept. <laughs> um, he was approached about doing it. But uh, his whole concept was to do this thing of an alien hotel and fucking seemed a little way out there. I don't know. You've heard the song. Yeah. In, in any way, shape, or form, can you picture that being like an alien hotel? No, but I actually like and, the, and the what, budget, what they did with the, the snippet for... And the budget real fast uh-huh. would have been like $1.2 million. Oh, jeez. I like what they did with um, Clerks too, and like the snippet of what they used. Yeah, when they played it in the in the video, because it was kind of like when everybody was breaking down and breaking apart toward but, the end. But of the, the movie. thing is, is, that if you have you ever seen the video? No, I have not. 
the video is, is almost identical to what you see in Clerks 2. Perfect. The, the, and that was why it worked so well. Um, you know, video features pretty much a night in the life of a group of teenagers. Um, whether it be going from like parties to hanging out to going into stores, it was your typical life in the eyes of the teenager while driving throughout town in a Dodge Charger symbolizing the boredom of the typical life in the Chicago suburbs. Wow, you just took that to a whole nother level. And, well, the only reason why I say that is because Billy Corgan pointed out that it's the Chicago suburbs because that's where he grew up. See, so I, you know what? You could have if this is the concept. But, but think that, about if it. This think, is the concept that you're going with. Yeah, I mean, very easily that could have been the entire soundtrack to Dazed and Confused. It, it's honestly take Dazed and Confused. Modernize it to 1996, throw in a twist to super bad, and that's the video. Fair enough. And and the the cool thing about one of the things I liked about were some of the camera angles you got too. You know, you see the teenager walking through the store, and you're like literally looking at his face the whole time. You know, or, or you're seeing what he. The camera angles are great. Um, it fits the song perfectly, and believe it or not. All the band members appear in the video, not just their little performance that they have where you can't really tell it's them too well, Mm -hmm. but, you know, one of them's the store clerk yelling at the kid to get out, Uh, Darcy, the bass player, she's the the neighbor next door who's complaining of the noise at the party, Um, you see Billy Corgan in the backseat of the car with the kids. Billy Corgan should have been put in the trunk and not let out. But it's it's a really good video, and and I advise you, I advise people to go check it out. And if you've seen Clerks two and you've never seen this video, you'll you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. That's plain. It's plain and simple what it is, and I I don't know if they intentionally tried to mimic it, but when they if, when they mimicked it, they did a good job. Yeah, and and days you bring up the days and confused analogy. It's also something that's really accurate to it as well. Check it out. I eventually will. Yeah, sure. All right, so what are we at, number nine here? We're at number nine. Okay, this is the first performance video that's on my list. Now, for the time it came out, I believe this is right around 1999, maybe 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. This is, I believe their second video because the first video they had was for sugar and i wasn't crazy about that video this one the big deal with this video was the fact that it introduced a whole nother level of computer animation because this is the time when computer animation started to become big and the guys were morphing in and out of each other as they were performing and number nine is system of a down chop suey and it's your prototypical performance video. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's the guys on a stage with their fans surrounding them, you know, with a fisheye lens coming in and out. But the biggest thing and one of the things that struck a chord with me when uh, when it first came out was everybody was talking about, oh, my God, this is like the most technical video that's out there right now with with the, the floating cameras going 360 degrees and people, you know, morphing in and out of each other. It was it was revolutionary at the time. Now it's kind of like, well, shit, I could do that on my iPhone. <laughs> but no, it was really cool at the time. And it's just a, a performance piece that I don't think you could have put anything else to this song and made it, you know, as memorable as it was. Interesting. Plain and simple. That's all you know, that it is for I'm me. I'm trying to think, like, I don't know if it came up that music video came out before or after but that seemed to be the big the big thing at that time like the big new the new thing and I'm I'm actually wondering if it was the same director who did it but uh the offsprings the kids aren't aren't all right same thing with the morphing and everything yeah that and, was and I, I, and I toyed with the same I toyed with that video I think it was around the same time yeah when, I, when did when did Amer um 
Americana came out in 97, but I don't know when the single was released. That's, that, that's the other thing. Yeah, but you know what? This, this this video, because of the level that System of a Down was at when it came out, yeah, like they were riding really high. Yeah, the Offspring were kind of like they were in the back. For, and the Offspring gets the shaft a lot when it comes to this. They were kind of in the background. Yeah, System of a Down was what was front and center. Yeah, that's why you know. But no, like like I like the like I like the video. Mm-hmm. And, and I see, it's just. That whole thing of doing the morphing in and out, that was like the big thing at the time for 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 every for every act, like any kind of big video at that time, and and System of Down being one of them. You know, I'm just curious which came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know, but it's it's really interesting, actually. Even if it's the same director, but the System of Down video is actually a pretty cool one. Uh, it's really if and once again we're probably going to say this about every video on both of our lists go watch it yeah just if you haven't go so because it's just a performance video there's really nothing else to talk about so what do you have at number eight I have a video that can be defined as one word no when I tell you you're not going to say that go on it's also a performance video. But the one word that describes it, simple. Okay. From the 90s, we have Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Now, do you retract your... Um, As far as videos go, I'm not the biggest fan of the video. All right. uh, you know what, though? It's not a real performance video in my mind okay well it was directed by Samuel Bear and and when I did some more research on him I'm kind of mad that that one of the other videos he did or directed didn't make my list it, it could have it really could have okay he also directed Blind Melons No Rain do, 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 do. the Bumblebee video I, but and I have more on Blind Melon later but way to ruin it. I don't have them on my list. Oh, okay. But but I'll throw I'll throw in some Easter eggs later. Don't worry. Go on. Don't don't cry over there. For you, Argentina. Yes, for me. Um, but yeah, no, the video was gritty and simplistic in its filming. Um, it gave Bear the whole thought that that's why he was hired because it wasn't commercial. It was more like punk and dark and simple I think the budget on it was only like thirty thousand dollars mm-hmm. it was literally shot in a high school gymnasium uh, it won Nirvana VMAs for best new artists and best alt group in 92 and here's an interesting fact it is in the Guinness Book of World Records for what? in 2000 it became the most played music video on MTV Europe and earned its spot in the Guinness oh, Book. Jesus. Earned its spot in the Guinness Book of World Records as a result. I wonder if MTV Europe still plays music videos. Yes, they do. America MTV, get your shit together. That's the thing. Music videos are fucking huge in Europe. Like, huge beyond huge. I guess that's why Rammstein still makes videos. And they make some pretty fucking good videos. But, you know, believe it or not, even though that's why Bear thought he got it, Kurt Cobain actually re-edited the video, and what Kurt Cobain re-edited was what was aired. Interesting. Yeah. So. But that's that's really all I have to say about that. All right. What do you got at number eight? Well, number eight, I will tell you that this one is also going to be another short, short review because it's another performance video. Yeah. And the reason why this one is at number eight is because while System of a Down was polished, cleaned up, you could tell that, you know, they, whoever did this thing, they cleaned it up a a good amount and put in all like the technical detail and everything. Number eight was just a straight up street performance. And it was, you know, you know, it's edited and things like that, but... 
it's still gritty. It's not polished. It's not clean. And it was the probably one of my most watched music videos when uh, when I was growing up. And number eight's all about the nookie. I was there. Limp biscuit. I was there. I know. You keep telling me every time that we went through when we're talking about the lists. Yeah. Yes. Dude, I got to meet I met and hung out with Pauly Shore and Matt Pinfield. <laughs> Buddy. Nobody here now knows who Matt Pinfield and Pauly Shore are. <laughs> no, and, and it's sad because you, you know want to talk old about when <laughs> you want to talk about somebody who's like a music video and a music guru. Matt Pinfield was that guy. Oh, he was. Probably still is somewhere on some deep radio station or podcast somewhere on the internet. But for me, once again, it was it's a very gritty performance. You can tell that they set a stage up in an alleyway and just told their fans, hey, be there. Queens. I think it was somewhere in Brooklyn. Queens. I think yeah, I think it was somewhere in Brooklyn. But I don't know if it's staged or not, but also at the end. Fred Durst gets carted away in a cop car. Yeah, I remember that. I don't know what for. Do you know what for since you were there? No, it was all part of the act. Okay. Like, I remember I remember the whole thing was, okay, we're going to shoot this scene where he's walking down with all the, the girls and the nookie people. And they did that take like, I don't know, 10, 15 times. And then it was... <sighs> But see, even when they get into it like that, when it's like, okay, we're going to reshoot this thing so many times, it's still presented in a way that it's not clean. Yeah, you don't know that it was shot 10, 15 times. Right, like it, it looks... didn't even matter that it was shot 10 or 15 times. It's, you know, obviously they wanted to get the right shot, but the performance of the band, I'm sure they didn't just perform Nookie. I'm sure they performed a whole bunch of other things. They didn't even perform Nookie. That was all like... Yeah. Pantomimed. Awesome. Yeah, like literally it was like second for second pantomime. They didn't play anything else. Fucking drums weren't real. Well, way to shatter the illusion that the video gave me. Well, sorry. Gotta burst the bubble here since you're not the big fan of music videos. Well, you know what? I still liked it. It was a good video. It was fun to go to. It was and, awesome. Uh, I, I had a blast. I'm not going to lie. I had a blast going there. The the other part of it that I think was kind of ingenious is that, like, you know, prototypical, you know, new metal band crowds coming up. We're all guys. And then here comes smooth, swank Fred Durst walking down the street. All the chicks following behind him. Bring them all to the show. So Fred brought the party with him. Yeah, made me go out and buy a fucking red hat. Red baseball hat. I didn't buy a Yankees hat. I bought a a Mets hat. It doesn't matter. There's still no words. Yeah. I never owned a bubble vest. I never owned a backwards red Yankee and or Met hat. No. I have have my my flotation device. And and I didn't get that. Wait wait a second. Hang on. You you actually (laughs) wanted to be Fred Durst. You had the red hat. You had the bubble vest. And you still have a fucking bubble vest, too. You had the Adidas shell toes. And you had a seven-string guitar. How did you not want to be Fred Durst? (laughs) Like I said, dude, I was into the fucking new metal shit. I had the fucking jeans with the 40-inch bottoms. I had the fucking chain that went down to my ankles. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Pokey Durst. No, 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 (laughs) no. I had had the fucking braids in my hair. Once again, how did you you not want to be Fred Durst? Uh, Fred Durst never had braids or dreads. I think he had something at one point. No, Fred Durst was always shaved. Ew. Anyway, number no, I was I was a huge seven. I was a huge fan <laughs> I was a huge fan of corn, and that's why I had I actually had a purple seven string for that fucking reason, and the braids and the dreads because well we already talked about corn we already talked about this last podcast. Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> well, we talked about MTV Europe, and we talked about why Rammstein still makes videos, and this is a video that if you can find it. Good luck. Oh, I'm sure you could find it very easily. Yeah, not on YouTube. No, it's definitely not on YouTube. Maybe you porn. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But it is Rammstein. It is a video, once again, as always, directed by Jonas Ackerlund. 
who's directed 95% of the band's videos. And you approach the band with a simple concept. How would you like to make a porn? And I'm sure they all said no. <laughs> anyway, the name of the song is Pussy. From the You've 2000s. You've got such a dirty mouth. Yeah, from the 2000s. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were approached with who wants to make a porn. Actually, it was the 2010s, dude. Not even the 2000s. <laughs> it was 2-0-something-something. Uh, 2012? Doesn't matter. It's 2-0. The 2000s. Let's go millennial. We're going 90s or 2000s. I'm not going 2010s and 2000s and 1990s. and No. 90s or 1000s. So this is the 1000s. <laughs> All right. There go we go. On. Anyway. So, yeah. Pretty much just straight up a porno. And it's not just simple porno it's not like your 50 shades of gray porn we're talking like straight up hardcore porn the whole video is blurred out if you watch the one that's on youtube yeah it's it's not a video it's just how well can we blur before we show something yeah um but pretty much each one of the members has a role that they play in sex style or sex fetishes you know, you have the the playboy, the CEO, the cowboy, the party boy, the uh, the masochist, and the uh, the drag queen. Of course, of course, Flake always gets the shit end of the stick. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it doesn't have many. It doesn't have any awards. I would. Gee, I wonder why. Couldn't be aired. Does it have a Woody Award? Maybe. Actually, here's an interesting. Here's an interesting thing. So it came off the band's. Liebe is Fralada album. But this was the first single off the album. If you bought the special deluxe set of the album, I think it was like $150 or $160. If you're a dude, we have some serious talking to do. <laughs> it actually came with replicas, replica dildos of all six band members plus lube, plus handcuffs, and the album. Could you imagine walking into somebody's house who is a, like an uber Rammstein fan and having that, and you're on like you're on like a second or third date with this person and you're just seeing their apartment for the first time? <laughs> like, But in all seriousness, like, not only do you have the video with the concept of, let's make a porn, but then to like up the ante, let's all get our dicks made into, into to dildos. Well, some of the most famous people in rock and roll have had their Johnson's cast. Gene Simmons. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. So. But but it's... it's If you're horny and you're up for watching it, check it out. <laughs> you're a sick motherfucker. Video's great. You've even seen it. I saw the YouTube one. You did not see the YouTube one. Yeah, I did. I never saw... I actually never saw the other one. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude. I found the other one. I'm sure you did. Dude, fucking great. (laughs) It's a fucking great video. And on that note... On that note, you're number seven. My number seven. This... Is this another performance? No, it's not another performance video. It's got elements of performance in it, but (laughs) the ultimate concept of this... Is the probably one and only thing I will ever give MTV credit for because they essentially set up the contest for number seven for the person to direct it. Corn and their song Alone I Break. I love that song, by the way. I was going to go with Freak on a Leash, but this video... Well, one of us has to. Don't worry. It's on my list. Because of the concept... That this video came from. It, it's ingenious and it's never been done before and it'll probably never be done again. MTV set up a contest. I think this was, correct me if I'm wrong, did this album come out in 97 or 98? 99? Actually, no, it was even later than that. You think so? Yeah. All right, it's on the Untouchables album, Whatever, whenever that came out. That was easily in the 2000s. All right, but MTV set up this contest where you can submit a concept that you have for the video 
you know, you had to record yourself the whole nine yards, send it in, the band would review it, and they would pick who is going to direct the next music video. Because this was the time that uh, reality TV started to become really big. 2002. Okay, so I was somewhere in the ballpark. Four years, five years off. Hey, you know what? I'm in the ballpark. It's okay. Because reality TV was becoming very popular around that time. You and A-Rod steroids. That's all right. (laughs) But yeah, reality TV was so big around that time that the winning submission actually was the band in a reality TV type setting. And Jonathan Davis just went bananas and started to murder everybody in the house on uh, reality TV. And it's very well done. You know, I talk a lot about, um, you know, music fitting a certain feeling or getting a certain feeling while doing something while listening to music. You know, you put on your favorite song, you go driving down the highway at 100 miles an hour and you get this feeling. Well, this dark song, along with a equally dark video, works so well together. And I don't know the guy's name who won, but I get uh, hats off to him, man. I mean, can you actually he can actually say that he directed a music video at the time when music videos were at their peak and it actually came out really awesome because this contest had a huge potential downside to it that if you got like the shittiest of shitty submissions and you didn't like anything that anybody sent in, what are you going to do now for your next single? You know, do you just make it a performance piece and just call it a day? Or do you try to, you know, salvage it? But luckily for the band and luckily for the kid who won, it turned out really, really great. And I give them all the credit in the world for having the balls to go out there and actually, uh, you know, put this thing together. No, it's it's a great song. And, you know, it's... I, I honestly forgot that, that they picked somebody to go and you know they had a contest totally forgot about it but don't worry i know you toyed with freak on a leash don't worry we'll we'll get into that yeah i you know what i really didn't i didn't want to do that one because everybody and their mother knows that song and you know the video it's the the bullet time travel and the whole thing but we'll talk more about that later yeah next podcast next podcast next spoiler alert (laughs) That's the only spoiler alert that we will give you. Yeah. Yeah, I've already dropped Easter egg spoiler alerts, so if you've been paying attention. Okay. But you won't know until the next podcast. All right, so go on with your cryptic self at number six. So number six actually exposed something that many people did not know. And it's also a record setter as it has set the record... For the most VMAs won. The most Moon Men at six. Video took home six Moon Men. And it was the number one video on VH1's top 100 music videos. Is it Thriller? No. Many people do not know this, but the person that the video centers around is actually a classically trained dancer. So how is it not Michael Jackson? Because it's Fat Boy Slim and Weapon of Choice. Ah. Which features Christopher Walken doing an unforgettable dance number in a hotel lobby. I mean, it is one of the best... (laughs) It's great. I don't know if it's Christopher Walken's personality his facial expressions or the fact that you're sitting there like man he's he's he looks old as hell but damn he's moving young as hell what the fuck i think they tried to make him look a lot older in that video than he granted he looks old but he they made him look a lot older and i mean it's you know it's it's uh it's a christopher walken you know it was terrible it's and it, it was directed directed by by spike jones 
Spike Jones directed this. It's a Spike Lee joint. The Spike Jones joint. I need more cowbell. Terrible. Hey. But I, I <laughs> whether it be flying through the air at the end or the, the whole I love the sequence with the elevator buttons. The whole you can go with this or you can go with that. Or you can go with this. It's it's just a, it's a great video. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna stop saying just go watch it. It's a yeah. fun video. Yeah, you need to stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fun video. It's, you know, you've talked about funny and serious. This isn't funny. Sure as hell ain't serious, but it's just fun. It's awkward the first time you watch it. Yeah. It's uncomfortably awkward because it's Christopher Walken and you don't expect him to. He does some outlandish shit, but this is like outlandishly outside the box. Yeah. Outlandish. Because you know Christopher Walken as this badass actor, I guess you could say. Yeah. But before he was an actor, he was actually classically trained in the art of dance. Go Christopher Walken. Yeah. So that really is him dancing. Oh, I I, I know. Yeah. So... But, but yeah, like I said, it took home six Moon Men, which is a record. Uh, even a Grammy for best short form video. What makes it short form? Uh, the fact that it's under ten minutes. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, all right. Let's wrap up yours with this number six. All right, number six. And I had a hard time picking number six because they don't do very many videos. The band is never in the videos. It's always some weird, weird concept that they use. Is this another Jones joint? I don't know. It might be. It might not be. Somebody can find out and let us know. But number six for me is Sober from Tool. It is a Jones joint. It is, okay. An Adam Jones joint. An Adam Jones joint. And it is the <laughs> for, I'm gonna stop weirdest you. I'm gonna thing stop I've you for ever two seen. Seconds. For those of you who don't know, Adam Jones is the guitarist yes, from I Tool. Know. And he's the one that actually did this whole video. Well, you have to be twisted enough to, you know, play the music that Tool plays with all, like, the unique time signatures and things like that that they've got to figure out. But the video... And the time it took to probably put this fucking thing together because it's stop motion. Yeah. Claymation, stop motion, whatever you want to call it. And it's this little guy. And the more I watch the video, the more it looks like this guy is a dickhead. (laughs) No, I swear to God. It looks like the top of his head looks like a penis. I'm not even kidding. But... The con- I can't. I'm trying to figure out what the concept of this video is. It's like the guy's trapped in a little room and he's trapped in a, you know, but he's got this box with rope around it and he finally cuts the rope open and gets inside of the box and there's a whole other world inside of the box, but it's not a, like a direct reflection of what he's living. It, it's so weird. Oh, let me see here if I can run with this possibly. Go on. So, name of the song is Sober. Yep. So the stumbling around is probably a drunkish state. He's not stumbling around. No, I'm saying stumbling around in the, in the fact that he's you know just walking around this room aimlessly, and he's only it's got four walls. Okay, so maybe it's maybe say he feels confined, and then when he drinks, it's like cutting that box open and entering a whole new world that. You know, for those of you who may have gotten drunk, I think I've only been drunk twice in my life, and one of them, actually both of them were with you, jackass. Yep. Um, Actually, no, three times I lied. Two of them were with you. Um, But, you know, you enter this whole world where you don't, it's not the real world. And, and I guess cutting open the box, being drunk, and entering that other Reality. I mean, especially with the words, you know, why can't we not be sober? Why can't we dream forever? Am I, am I, am I right yeah, here? You're, you're close. Yeah. It's, 
it's one of those things that he's probably struggling to accept reality from the false illusion of alcoholism. You took that way deeper than I think it's meant to be taken? Because there's nothing in this video that makes me think that. I Yeah, I'll give you the cut the box open thing, but then he starts reaching under the floor for stuff and trying to reach this this line thing and some spikes in the floor. I have no freaking clue. But it's a very... You, you know what? For the, for the song. It fits the song. It uh, fits the song perfectly. Oh, yeah. It, this actually, watching their videos, it actually, once again, this fusing music and feeling, it actually seems like this is where Tool recorded their album. No, watch, it makes sense. Uh, and, and you know... Watch was, it from that. I'm going to say, I'm not going to say go watch it. I'm going to say watch it from that perspective. If you watch so, if you watch this video for Sober and then you listen to not only the song, but other songs on the album... Tell me this doesn't feel like this is where Tool recorded this album. It feels like that with all of her songs. Not really. Not all of them. But the thing is, is that I would be interested. Since you're saying I'm taking this way, way deeper. Granted, Tool is pretty deep, but this is, you, know, you went off on a whole other thing. Now there's. So, I, so what I'm, what I'm doing, I'm sorry to cut you off here, is I'm issuing it to our listeners to hear their interpretation of what it means. Uh, it's, uh, it's is Pokey on the right track? I don't know. He's fucking weird. And then at one point, he pries off like the cover to uh, like a waste pipe, and he's feeling the the poop that's going through it. It's just fucking weird. <laughs> Let's just leave it. At, it's a fucking weird video, but <laughs> it, it suits the song. And listening, listen to the entire album with the thought process of this is you know watch the video and this is the thought process. You know, hey. This is where they recorded this entire album in this setting. So, be that as it may, are that's my number done? six. Are we done? With yeah. Our, with our, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, let's turn around, rewind it, and run it down. Start at number 11. Wow, you remember the days when you could actually rewind? Yep. Wow. So, let's go to number 11. So we'll we'll go with the thou my my number eleven and my number ten were in the thousands. Um, number eleven was before I forget by Slipknot. Uh, number ten was Empty Walls by Serge Tankian. Uh, number nine, number eight, and number nine and number eight were in the nineties, and that would be nineteen seventy nine at number eight by the Smashing or number nine by the Smashing Pumpkins. Update. And Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana at number eight. Back to the thousands where we go with Romstein's Pussy. And we close it out with another, I think it was also 2000s. Yeah, 2000s Weapon of Choice by Fatboy Slim. All right. And the unforgettable Christopher Walken. You love Christopher Walken way too much. Christopher Walken's awesome. I like him in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> he was funny as hell. <laughs> he was. All right. I, I like this whole. I like this whole monologue in uh, Pulp Fiction. Man, oh, that was great. That didn't do it for me. But all right, number eleven. We're kicking it off with some forty-one and the Hell song. Number ten, Eminem and Stan. Number nine, System of a Down and Chop Suey. Number eight, Limp Biscuit with Nookie. Number seven was Corn with Alone I Break. And number six is Tool and sober so that is going to do it for the first half of this podcast and if you haven't yet done so make sure that you find us on twitter or not twitter you you got twitter i don't like uh, twitter. you know what I'm, I'm about to give up on it but yeah All give right. it give it a try make- try try twy twy tweeting me <laughs> <laughs> Facebook is the most reliable place to reach us. Facebook.com forward slash they go to 11. Also, make sure that you go to our official website, they go to 11.wordpress.com. And also, you can email us, they go to 11 at yahoo.com. Make sure that you spell it all out. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what? We're also on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Yes, you just got to search. 
You search for They Go to 11 on iTunes. Either that or find Joel, and Joel will tell you how to find us. Because <laughs> that, that's how he finds us. You know, any time that we put out a new podcast, and it's not up on iTunes, like usually within a day or two, we hear about it. Yep. All right. So, that's it for me. I'm Matt. And I am Pokey. Wow. He's growing up. He's just Pokey. And we are They Go wait, to 11. Wait, 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 wait. I need something a little bit more creative. I got it. Go on. I am. I broke my steam machine out so I can watch my number three and number two music videos. Pokey. That was way too drawn out. All right. I am. I gave my first concert review. Pokey. Better. All right. (laughs) And I'm Matt and where they go to 11. So turn it up. We'll talk to you again. See you later.